Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thanks for all your comments about that last episode, episode 10. Um, If you haven't yet, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find out about the show. I mean, we certainly covered a lot of ground in that episode. Anne tells me that her boyfriend has listened to it, loved it. The husband has not listened to it yet, so we're going to have to wait and see what he thinks of it. Anne has agreed to join us next time we do a Facebook Live to update you on her situation and to maybe answer any questions that you may have after listening to Episode 10. Okay, today's episode is really a treasure chest of information. This couple really knows the ins and outs of swinging, and they're ready to share. I have a mantra. I'll try just about anything once, twice for good measure. (laughs) Three if there's a camera. So let's get to it. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well, you might want to pull out now. So dirty talk, so sex talk. Yeah, it, it started off as dirty talk. I was actually like very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people? That's what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And you find it a turn on to hear about what he did. Yeah. And then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Well, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. We've got another couple in the studio today talking to us about the lifestyle. We've got Mickey and Mallory Gordon. The first time I'm using anyone's full names because they're that open about their lifestyle. They're from Orlando, Florida. They're both IT professionals. He's been in the lifestyle 27 years. She's been in the lifestyle 14 years. They are married, and I can't wait to find out how this happened. So, Mickey, you've been doing this for quite some time, and you're only, you're 44? Yeah, I am. How did you find it? Well, I, we didn't know what it was at the time, right? So when when we first started, it was it was really just kind of a, a slant toward open sexuality and a desire toward a more open relationship and a more open conversation about sex. It really started wanting to talk about it, and then it turned into more. Uh, and and to be perfectly blunt, it it started with a, a threesome, and that's really all I thought it was. And of course, as I got older and as I became more experienced, and I learned the ins and outs of what the lifestyle actually was, I realized that that was just kind of my orientation. It was my predilection toward having more open experiences and more open conversations about sex that lead to those experiences. Uh, At the time, it was a mess, but (laughs) it was fun. Did you meet Mallory in the lifestyle? No, actually. Oh, Mallory, how did you guys meet? It's going to sound a little bit like a softcore porn, but I met him (laughs) at my job at the time I was um, in the nursing field. And uh, we just hit it off. We were fast friends for about a year and a half and then started dating. Okay. Did he tell you right away that he was in the lifestyle? Uh, Pretty early on, but not immediately. I think that was a good call on his part because being uh, a little younger um, and a little more naive, I don't know how I would have received it, to be honest. Okay. You are how old? I am currently 36. Okay. So you were quite young. Yes. Yes. I was 21. Leaving age aside, there are people who, I don't know, maybe 40, 45, you meet someone new and they tell you right off the bat they're in the lifestyle, you might just say, no, thank you, especially if you know nothing about it. Mickey, can you tell me about your decision not to tell her right away? It wasn't a a matter of hiding anything. So the thing about the lifestyle, the most important thing that anyone can tell you is that it's about communication and open communication, honest communication and an honest conversation about desire. 
when you first meet somebody, that's really not what you're talking about, right? I mean, you're talking about getting to know them, their loves, their dislikes, their passions. And the lifestyle is a part of who we are and it always will be. It's always been a part of who I am, but that's not the first thing that I am. I'm a father. I'm a music fan. I love literature. I love writing. I love producing our podcast. I love a lot of things that aren't just sex. So when the decision to not have that conversation was a matter of getting to know her and make sure that I wanted to share that part of my life with her. It wasn't about hiding it. Mm -hmm. And Mallory, can you tell me about that conversation where, when he did tell you? You know, I have to say he handled it better than I probably gave him credit for at the time. Um, when he presented what the lifestyle was and how he felt about it, it, it was a little shocking only because of the nomenclature. When, when I thought of swinging, as a lifestyle, I had what most people have who've never experienced it before is those stereotypes. And I wasn't upset by the conversation, but I left it and thought a lot about it. And I had questions that I wanted to present to him to see really what that means to him outside of that word in and of itself. Okay. What are some of those stereotypes? What did you think it meant? In some ways, and it's unfortunate, sometimes we get our education from porn, and I think that's some of the memory bank or just um, hearsay that we pull from, that there's these key parties and it's called wife swapping. When And when you hear wife swapping, it sounds like there's not a lot of consent or, or buy-in from the female source on, on that end of the equation, and that's absolutely not true. Um, it's actually very driven by females. Mm-hmm. It shocked you, but it didn't totally turn you off to him. No, it didn't. Um, as it turns out, you know, I had been living some in the lifestyle um, very, very quietly um, since I was about 16 or 17 years old. What does that mean? So when I was very young, I had a few experiences that were with multiple partners at the same time, as well as uh, uh, female partners. And it wasn't really socially acceptable to have engagements like that, especially being young. Um, of course, I don't endorse, you know, um, sex too early because uh, it's definitely an emotional, you know, investment when you cross that bridge with another person. But it, it wasn't something that was talked about amongst my my friends in close circles. So you had some experience, and then now uh, you hook up with this guy. I figure you're really into him, right? Oh, very much, <laughs> very much. Hey, I'm pretty charming. Yes. <laughs> and he presents to you this lifestyle that you weren't too familiar with. Um, can you tell me about, I'm kind of making that first leap, you know, you at some point decided, okay, I'm going to give this a try. What was your first experience? With Mickey? Um, it was kind of an anomaly. We uh, ended up meeting some great people uh, by happenstance in a lifestyle environment. And we talk about something called the four-way connection. Um, as a couple when you're dating other couples. And we ended up having it spark almost immediately. And it's like lightning in a bottle. Um, it couldn't have gone better. Uh, I've heard other stories to the contrary, but it was it was fabulous. It's something I'll be, you know, 88, 90 years old, God willing, and will remember. <laughs> Is that something that's that rare, Mickey, especially you've been in this lifestyle a lot longer than she has, where two couples get together and you're all really into each other? I would love to say that it happens, you know, every Wednesday, but absolutely <laughs> not. It's and and the reason is, especially today in America, it, it just we'll just speak about America because that's where I live. It's 
polarizing. Every piece of information we consume is something worth giving our opinion about or arguing about. So the lifestyle is not different. The lifestyle is a microcosm of humanity. So what's going to happen is you're going to have all of the same issues that you have with somebody else where people feel the need to inject their opinion or, or maybe one of the people at the table treats their server like crap because they had a bad day and that's a turnoff for the other couple. Maybe there's a language or a culture barrier. Maybe there's a style difference. Maybe they don't look like their pictures. There are things that happen all the time in dating, in couples that are dating just a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman, just two people. When two mm -hmm. people get together, there's things that come between them. And when four people come together, there's honestly four times as many things that can come between them. And when one person isn't in, the way the lifestyle works, if I had to give you a rule, is we always go as fast as the slowest person. So if one person isn't comfortable and one person isn't happy, isn't in, isn't all in, then everyone's out. And so that does make it rare. You kind of make this um, sound like it's, much more than just about sex. So you meet another couple, they're both good looking. That doesn't mean it's going to go well, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Looks and, and physical attraction are a small part of it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people in the lifestyle that that maybe just love putting a notch in their bedpost or just having that that excitement, that that risque endeavor outside of their bedroom. And, and then they go back to their normal lives and like nothing ever happened. And maybe that's a, a separation of church and state, the segregation of the lifestyle and the regular lives. And other people like us mm -hmm. tend to be a little more like, so there's another saying, which is we make our swingers friends. We don't make our friends swingers. So we love having swingers that become friends of ours. That's our play style. We enjoy that. But there are people that do it the other way around as well. What are you guys into? Oh, I'll leave that one for Mallory. <laughs> I, th I think we don't hone in on, on one uh, style per se. Um, I think we've had a, a myriad of experiences and what we gravitate to are uh, couples engagements like that, um, like a, a foursome dating kind of scenario um, or a foursome play kind of scenario, um, but also in play styles that include um, either of us going out and having that freedom to enjoy, you know, our friends in the lifestyles actually as well. Meaning you guys allow each other to play separately. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that's honestly not so. So a lot of people would call that a kitchen pass or something like that. And it's really not something that happens around here very often, but in the right situation, maybe I'm out of town for work and a couple that we're familiar with that we know says, Hey, Mallory, you free Friday night? Yeah. Mickey's out of town. So yeah. And then sure that's, that has happened, but you know, our play style actually tends to, to fall more in line with what's good for the group because we do have so much experience. We know we like a lot of things, but the thing we like the most is spending time with our friends. Mallory, do you identify as being bisexual? Oh, absolutely. By furious is the term we use. <laughs> Way to call me out. Yes. <laughs> Very actively bisexual um, in search of. Yes. Uh-huh. And how about you, Mickey? I am not. I adore the feminine gender. In group situations, incidental contact is a given. Uh, it's just one of those things that happens. Uh, I'm not one that that actively looks for sword fighting and I wouldn't engage in it. But at the same time, uh, if, if we engage a couple that we really love hanging out with and he says, Hey, I'm bisexual. I'm like, great. That's, that's amazing. I still think you're a great dude. Love hanging out with you. I'm, I don't actually in, engage in that kind of play, 
still love you, still want to hang out with you. We're still going to play. Uh, incidental contact happens. I'm not going to freak out because he is. I'm not going to go running out of the room like he hit me with a flamethrower. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that if you don't have the conversation, this all goes back to communication, right? Be honest. Mm -hmm. Be honest about what you want. Be honest about what you're into. And make sure that if that other person does have that innate reaction, that that fear of of having some sort of a bisexual interaction, uh, that just let them know that, you know, okay, that is going to be a problem for me. So let's not get in a situation where that happens because all that does is ruin it for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Do either of you have... Uh, an activity that you really enjoy that, that the other person doesn't, and you're able to enjoy it with others in the lifestyle? I would say so. Um, as, as much as we both love music, I absolutely adore dancing. Uh, my husband is a wonderful human and tolerates a lot of my uh, habits and hobbies. That is not one of them that he takes pleasure in. So <laughs> having friends in the lifestyle that enjoy that as well, whether it's in our kitchen or at a club somewhere or at a bar, it's, it's wonderful to be able to have those people. How about in the bedroom? Is there anything that, that you know, you're into that your spouse just isn't? In recent years, I've explored a little bit with bondage. Um, nothing extreme. It's more like an intro level, some tying up here and there. And it's something that doesn't um, necessarily bring into my the bedroom with my husband um, because we have a different uh, chemistry when it comes to that stuff. Um, so it's easy. It was a lot easier for me to introduce that into my sexual dichotomy with somebody else. Sure, Mickey? It's it's very much a turnoff for me. Uh, I was raised in a bit of a broken home and the idea of hurting somebody I love is, is horrifying to me, so I really just don't. Let's say that you don't have my past and that is something that, that your partner wants to, to try and you don't, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be impact play. Uh, it's, it's okay when you talk about it and start to really understand that even if you tried, even if you tried to make yourself do something you didn't want to do, it wouldn't feel the same. It wouldn't be the same as being with somebody that was passionate about it, that really enjoys it, enjoys giving that pleasure out of that experience. And you're not going to learn how, you're not going to be passionate about it, you're not going to know anything about it, you're not going to desire it, you're not going to want to be good at it if you hate it. So mm -hmm. even if I did decide, okay, I'm going to smack Mallory's ass like it's never been smacked before tonight, pardon my expression, you know, it, it really wouldn't be the same as somebody that really truly was into it where she could really give herself to the moment. And that's really the difference in the lifestyle. We give ourselves to the moment, not necessarily to the other person. Is there anything that you're into that your wife isn't that you're able to get from someone else? No, nah, she's a freak. So. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so Mallory's up for anything. Pretty I, much. I have a mantra. I'll try just about anything once, twice for good measure. <laughs> Three if there's a camera. Three if there's a camera, yes. <laughs> um, did you discover anything that you're into that you didn't think you were into? Yeah, I would say I'm going to take this one, Mel. So uh, for me, uh, I discovered how much I enjoy my wife telling me a story. So oh. when she goes out and plays and I'm not around, uh, or maybe she goes out and plays and I'm at home and I'm, you know, taking care of the kids, you know, power washing the driveway, whatever it is normal people do in their <laughs> HOA enabled neighborhoods. So uh, but she comes home and I can't wait to consume her in that moment. And she is an amazing storyteller. So I found that she, there was a, really an aspect to our play and our life and our relationship that was so scintillating for me. It was just this 
thing that I couldn't get enough of. So it was a discovery that really had nothing to do with me. But at the same time, she couldn't wait to come home and tell me the stories and tell me what she had done and then wait for my reaction, which was extraordinarily visceral. Wow. Mallory, how about you? Anything you discovered you'd liked that you didn't know you did? Actually, I think it's been my own version of Candyland along this journey because I have the opportunity here to really seek out what I want in a, in a sexual relationship. And I mean, voyeurism, I'm definitely more of an exhibitionist, but I enjoy watching my husband. Um, the bondage and, and impact play and, I mean, anal and different toys and um, machines even, it's kind of the world is my oyster. So I've learned a lot about myself outside of being bisexual and the the standard traditional um, sex and, you know, uh, a monogamous society, I guess. You know, I don't think anyone I've interviewed so far has talked about um, all that extra stuff, like toys and stuff. Is there a lot of toy usage in the lifestyle? Oh, good. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. I, I was mean, waiting for so, more adjectives there. Yeah. Heck yes. I, I lost them because I got a little flush just thinking about our stash. <laughs> so, yeah, we we personally have a lot of toys, um, but I've oh. always uh, been fascinated with them. Other, aside from, you know, traditional, I think... They call it a bullet vibe. I never really played with toys until I was in my mid-20s. So for that, for me, it was once I got in touch with my body and how to use them, it was a free-for-all. Um, toys are, are definitely a part of our bedroom. It's not a, an everyday part of our bedroom, but pretty consistently. And it, it there's a wide range. And I love that. Speaking of toys, if you don't know what adamandeve.com is, and I know a lot of people know who they are, but if you don't, you need to check them out. If you do, you need to revisit them because they're offering um, our listeners an awesome deal. You can select just about any item they have and get 50% off, plus they're going to load on the free stuff. You're going to get 10, count them, that's one for each finger, 10 free gifts six free movies, and free shipping. You just have to put in my name at checkout, L-E-Y-N-A. So something sexy for him, a special gift for her, something great for the other her. <laughs> You're going to get 10 free gifts. And these aren't just throwaway gifts. In fact, Mike from our first episode, Mike and Wendy, says Wendy's favorite sex toy is one of those free gifts from AdamandEve.com. So check them out. Remember, use Lena, L-E-Y-N-A. And really, they have just about something for everyone. I mean, you know, from the stuff that you can just tell your mom oh, it's a massager, all the way to something I would have to do an image search to find out what the hell it is. Yep. And we have so many interesting opportunities today. So let's just you know, picture this, Sicily, 1819. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so think about this. You've got four people sitting at a table or six or eight, and somebody brings along Bluetooth-enabled panty vibes. Oh. And the ladies put them in their panties, but they don't know who's controlling it. <laughs> And the guys can all control the Bluetooth panty vibes from surreptitiously from their pockets. Oh, my gosh. See, oh, these are an app on their yeah. phone. Yeah. Or an app on their phone from a distance. I can do it from across the country. So, wow. yeah. So, you see, the lifestyle, the permutations of the lifestyle are so broad because that's not sex at all. That could be just with your partner or no touch at all. Just a person sitting across the other side of the table and waiting for you to take a sip of water at the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can both of you each 
Describe to me, is there any play session that really stands out in your mind like that was freaking amazing? The first time that it was, it, the, the first time it really stood out for me, because I think that one's special, um, was um, R&H, if you remember who I'm talking about. I do. That The energy really stepped it up. Um, it was a little more intense, not just from a, like a, a sexual engagement, but from how we felt as friends, right? There was a little more head play where we could talk to each other in moments and it, it got in your head and a l- storytelling essentially during uh, intercourse. And it, it was fantastic. You see, I thought you were going to say the first time, because like I told you, your very first time was off the it charts. It was, but it's definitely, it was, it was beautiful and perfect for me as I'm, as I was introing. But if you remember, there wasn't um, a, a full swap element to it. That's true. Yeah. Not until after. Yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. So to answer your question, Lena, I think for me, uh, it, it was it was not the experience itself. So we spent an evening with another couple and it was a long night. It, it really was. There was a lot of play, multiple sessions, uh, a lot of, you know, and it's all same room kind of stuff, but just a lot of back and forth talking and a lot of activity. But my the reason it stands out in my mind so much is the next morning we went to get breakfast. And Mallory went to sit down in the booth and she kind of jumped up. She jumped up in the air and had to readjust herself. And I said, what was that? And she went, my God, I'm sore. I can't even sit down. <laughs> and so I texted him right in that moment. I'm like, damn, dude, what did you do? And, uh, but it was so funny and so raw and so real. And that, you know, I know how much fun she had. I was there. Mm-hmm. And for me, so there's a term, another term in the lifestyle for anybody that's taking notes. And the term is compersion. Compersion is the idea that you derive pleasure from your partner's pleasure. So when your partner is happy and enjoying themselves, it makes you happy. I'm one of those people. I'm a compersive person. So I know she was having fun. I could hear her. I could see her. I could see her physical reactions. But the next morning, I know how much fun she had (laughs) because she couldn't even sit down. I have heard of that term. And I'm trying to find someone to try and explain or maybe admit the difference between feeling joy that your partner enjoyed themselves, okay, versus it being just a sexual turn-on to watch your partner being with someone else, that there's an element of jealousy that turns into this energy that's like a complete turn-on. Do either of you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been through it on about a hundred different occasions because this is technically my second lifestyle marriage. Mm. Uh, So I was married once before and in the lifestyle. And when I was first going through some of these things, the first time I ever saw my partner with somebody else, my stomach turned inside out. Mm -hmm. thought my heart was going to beat out of my chest. I thought I'm supposed to be punching this guy, (laughs) right? I mean, like I'm supposed to be angry and I'm not. I mean, I I was scared. And I'll tell you, uh, even as a person today that is that is turned on by the things that Mallory does and that is turned on by the things we do in the lifestyle, when she goes out and plays and I'm, I'm home alone, my stomach t- still turns inside out to this day. Hmm. Jealousy is natural. Mm-hmm. You wonder, am I going to lose this person? The fear that we all have at the end of the day is that we're going to end up alone in a pile of our own filth, right? That somebody else is going to be better, do better, and, and earn the thing that we love the most. But that's just 
fear, right? False evidence appearing real. It's not something that, that we subscribe to. If I'm jealous, it's really obvious to Mallory, frankly, because I never get jealous. So when I do, if it even pops up in a spark of jealousy, she's like, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does happen. And learning how to harness that jealousy, not to turn it into something else, but to understand why you feel that way and talk about your partner to find out how you can soothe that if something that you guys are doing or not doing is creating that emotion. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I've had that conversation with myself several times. Is this a, a jealousy issue that leads back to in, insecurity that I have with inside myself, you know, that, that I'm getting from this situation? Or is it envy? Do I feel envious or a little, what they call FOMO, fear of missing out because, you know, my partner had a better time than hmm. I did. So it's, it's constant. I mean, even though we've been in the lifestyle for, you know, a million years at this point, um, it, it does happen from time to time. When it happens, so when jealousy hits you and you're in the middle of a play session, what do you do? How do you handle it? I personally try to uh, not ignore it or suppress it because that's probably the wrong word, but I focus my attention to the, the moment that I'm in because I know if I don't, I'll regret it. But I will say that if I can't get past it while we're in the moment, I will find a way to politely excuse myself from the situation or diffuse the sexual uh, situation just to make sure everyone's okay. Because I believe once someone is a little off kilter, um, especially in those environments, that sixth sense we have as human beings, you know, your antennas kind of go up and you know something's maybe not quite right. And it would, it's, it's not worth going through the action and bringing everyone down with this mysterious emotion that's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. And we see this a lot. And so we, when you're dealing with people that are relatively new to the lifestyle, or maybe it's among their first experiences or even their 50th experience at any time, any person can say, Hey guys, can we, can we pause for a minute? And that pause for a minute could be for station identification. It could be for breathing. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. It could be for any number of things, but that pause and the ability to pull that ripcord full stop is so important when you're, ha when you're having these sort of physical conversations with somebody else, because body language is a thing. Mm -hmm. Once, once, you know, consent has been established, then things just kind of start moving and maybe just, it could be anything that sets it off. It could be a baby crying in the hotel room next door. It could be a phone ringing. It could be any number of things and they're all okay. Mm -hmm. It's always okay to say, hey guys, can we take a second? And that's so much better than feeling like you can't having a breakdown and running off and hiding in the bathroom and three people wondering what the heck happened. Right, right. And that's what we try to avoid and which is why we talk about these things before the clothes ever come off. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure everybody's cool. We want you to know that if anything does happen you're not comfortable with, pull that ripcord. I will be happy for you that you did. Not upset, not sad, not mad, not disappointed, but happy for you that that means that you trust our relationship and this friendship enough to tell me the truth in the moment. Mm. Yeah, condensed, I think we tell them we'll celebrate you mm -hmm. for it. Wow. So, so don't feel shy. Mallory, you're the first person I've interviewed whose first experience was awesome. Do you think it's because... <laughs> Mickey already had experience in the lifestyle? 
I think that was part of it. So I had my own, you know, guide, my own navigator with me. And even though I was learning how to forge my own path, um, he was a great ally in that respect because he was very impartial in his uh, feedback and recommendations. And, you know, you know, I, w- I was pretty nervous, especially putting myself out there in these environments uh, of groups of people that, you know, here I am, this newbie, this, this infant swinger, and I don't know what I'm doing. And it, it made me more confident uh, to, to pursue and engage with people who, you know, we would want to befriend and, and see where it went. So I think that was definitely uh, a major influencer in how well it went. Mickey, can you see how um, a couple both new to the lifestyle jumping in might have a rough start? Oh, yeah, we see it all the time. And a lot of time where we see the rough start is where they're running headlong. There maybe one person is pushing and the other is being pulled. Mm. Maybe maybe they're not taking the time to talk to each other each step of the way and hear how each other's feeling. They just go, go, go until a thing happens and somebody explodes, mm-hmm. right? And and that leads to some very negative feelings about it. I'll tell you, the first time I brought it up to Mallory, she looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people? That's what you're saying. <laughs> true, that is true. Yeah. Okay. And, and I was like, wow, no, I, I really mischaracterized what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I'm a fairly solid communicator and I screwed it up totally. Mm. So, and it's easy to do, but I think as, as new people who maybe don't have a Sherpa of your own to guide you up the mountain, it is Sherpa. going, right? <laughs> so maybe that's what we should have called our podcast, honey, is the swinging Sherpas. <laughs> but no, you know, it, it really is difficult. Uh, but it's mostly difficult because characteristically speaking, one of them is intensely more passionate about some aspect of what's going on than the other one is, and they're not talking about it. A lack of communication will always lead to problems, even in a monogamous marriage. Mm-hmm. You make it so normal. You make it so, uh, you just make it very normal that it's just another type of relationship. Um, so you're swingers, but a lot of that is kind of emotional. You know, it's it's having a connection with the people you play with. You know, you're not just going to sex clubs and hooking up and, you know, with strangers, right? There has to be, right? True. But do you, where do you draw the line at swingers versus, you know, polyamorous relationships? Hmm. You know, poly is, is a entirely different sort of relationship dynamic. And poly in the lifestyle can be easily likened to a landmine. And, and the reason is because sexual interactions tend to get emotional, especially when you start really liking having sex with the same person. Mm-hmm. So how do you navigate those waters and, and how do you tell the difference? You know, have we, have we dabbled on that line in our relationship? We have. Uh, it's not my personal jam uh, personally, but that doesn't mean that it isn't for other people. And as a person that openly communicates with my wife, if that's who she was, we'd work it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but poly is dangerous because now we're talking about relationship dynamics, family dynamics, power structures. We're talking about dealing with something called NRE, which is new relationship energy, which basically makes all of us stupid for about six months. Right. Uh, so when all of these things come into play, something else comes into play, which is an additional party or parties that have an equal say in the relationship with an equal amount of communication needed to maintain a full tank of gas. 
if you don't have the time, the inclination or the desire, if one of the people is not totally into it, that can be really dangerous. Yeah. And I think the danger increases when it starts as a swinging relationship. It takes a lot of communication and uh, wherewithal to venture into that sector coming out of the lifestyle. Now, polyamory on its face is not about sex. It's about having two or more partners, um, essentially called metamors, that hold equal status in your life. Um, sometimes there's a primary, sometimes not, but that's more of a, an emotional than it is a sexual relationship. So you've taken something that started as sexual with a connection, you know, on a, on a friendly or platonic uh, basis, right, in the background or, or supporting that sexual relationship, and then you turn it into emotional. I think that's a lot more challenging to navigate um, in, in that way. But we do see, see people experimenting with polyamory coming from that. Between you two, is there a rule or agreement that this is not going to turn into a poly situation? Do you agree on that and then take steps to prevent it if it starts moving that way? Because how, how do you stop yourself from like falling in love with someone else, especially when you're sleeping with them? It happens. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, it can happen. So in inside of our relationship, so we have had this conversation. So if I'm being perfectly mm -hmm. blunt, you know, the way I look at it is there's every relationship has a throne room. And in that relation, in that throne room, you have thrones, one for the king, one for the queen. And the difference with Polly is you add another throne to the room, right? That's what I know. Everybody has an equal say. Everybody is, is part of the throne room. Uh, but in, in our dynamic, you know, it's, it's really, you know, we don't invite anybody else to the, to the throne room because I'm personally not comfortable with sharing the dynamics of running our home and our lives. And that, that kind of goes way beyond those friendships and relationships and sexual relationships that we have as lifestylers. Once you're poly, I mean, that's like, Hey, can we fit all three names on a check? <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it really, it, it starts to become so much more and that's not, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just not into it. Now, does that mean that if Mallory came to me and said, all right, I, I really want to try this, then the conversation would be, I'm, I'm good with trying, but I'm not adding a throne to the throne room. The king, the, you're my queen. And if I'm uncomfortable and I pull the ripcord, the train stops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I, I have a hard time looking because um, I can feel very deeply about people. It's just who I am. I care very much uh, for the folks uh, I welcome into our lives but to share responsibility and trust like that um, with another human kids? being, with my kids, oh, forget it, man. I, right. I just don't ever see me being that person who really wants that traditional polyamory relationship. Some people use that term um, when they add what they call girlfriends or boyfriends to the situation. And even though they're spending weekends and vacations together, they're not sharing checking accounts or bills or car payments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's some friends of ours in Canada. They're a triad and they're amazing. They love each other to death. They're awesome, mm -hmm. but not our jam. Right. Um, I would imagine that there are people who maybe have thought about the lifestyle uh, or, or the newbies who would have like a legitimate concern that if I go down this road, what if I lose my partner to someone else because he falls in love with her? That that's got to be a real fear. Sure. And And that people aren't thinking polyamory as the, you know, shared financial responsibilities. I'm talking about 
like f- actually falling in love with this other person. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be a big fear that that would happen. There is, and it happens. It happens at workplaces every day, Starbucks every day, online every day, because in the end of the at the end of the day, it always comes back to there's a void. There's something that I'm getting over here that I'm not getting at home. Now, does that mean you're doing something wrong as a partner? Not at all. It just means there's something else that they really find that they're passionate about and they find it in another person. It's possible outside of the lifestyle too. So you kind of have to separate the two. Like, is is it possible that my person could fall for somebody else? I guarantee you it is. Uh, now, does it, is it going to happen because you're sleeping with? No, you, the communication aspect is really important. Hey, I'm finding this really attractive about that person. Maybe I'm getting a little too close. Maybe we should pull back. Or are you okay with me getting this close because I like it? So again, all about communication. All day long. Honey, do you disagree? No, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. Boy, you guys are like just like a treasure chest. You guys are you're you're like the treasure chest at the uh, kids' dentist's office. You know when they've been good, and that you know what you can go over there and pick whatever you want out. How do people find you guys? Because I think you guys have a lot of good experience and information to share. We are Casual Swinger everywhere. So if you googled us, um, you could probably find us. But it's CasualSwinger.com. Yes, lots of great information, especially for those who are just curious about the lifestyle and want to start dabbling. Okay, next time on Consenting Adults, we talk to a masturbation coach. After divorcing his wife, Russell gets into the world of sex magic. I'm not a master. I'm, I'm still, I'm, a, I'm an erotic wizard's apprentice right now. You're like, the, you're like the Harry Potter of penises here, Russell. I, oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's high praise. <laughs> that's next time on Consenting Adults.